You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. I want you to go two places in your Bibles tonight, and uh, we went these places this morning, actually. We're going to go to the book of Genesis, chapter 5, and I'd like you to make sure you get also to Hebrews, chapter 11. And as you're going to Genesis 5 and Hebrews 11, I want to put my plug in again. I want all of our men to get one of these Beast Feast, uh, uh, whatever they're called, promos, cards on the back there with all the information. I want us to have a great crowd there. It's going to be such a blessing and a refreshment. And uh, our men hanging out together, playing some games, chewing tobacco. Okay, maybe not, but uh, doing some uh, fun things, eating a lot of delicious food and uh, listening to some great preaching, so I encourage you men to do that. $40 for adult men, That's and it's going to be full of food there. It's going to be wonderful. And then uh, for kids, to 12 and under, $30, and uh, so it would give a little discount there. But I think it'll be a wonderful time, and we have a great time each year that we do that. Um, also, <clears throat> to let you know, we have on our website... Uh, as we did last year, a, like screensavers and different things, so the theme backgrounds are on our website, and they will change each month this year again. If you want to do that, just to remind yourself throughout the year of what uh, God is, and uh, so you can do that. And then I also wanted to let you know, if you did not hear this last Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we're starting a brand new series uh, on Wednesday nights for 10 weeks on foundations of morality, dealing with the Ten Commandments. I think it's going to be a big blessing, so I hope you'll be in your spot this Wednesday. Let's look, at, please, first of all, at uh, Genesis chapter number 5, and uh, we'll read a, a couple verses here. I want to preach a message tonight about a man that we'll find in, in both places, but the message is how Enoch pleased God. How Enoch pleased God. Look, if you would, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 5. There I go again, messing up, messing up the, the uh, references there. Genesis 5, verse 19. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And here it again says it, and Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. God took him, the Bible says. He was not. He stopped being here because God took him. Does he died. It says that God took him. Now go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. <clears throat> Let's look down at verse number, remember this is the hall of faith. Look down at verse number 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, 
and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Father, we pray for your blessings now upon the message this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're looking at the Hall of Faith here. We talked about it this morning, what we call the, not the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Faith. Now, uh, I have, I'm interested in, in the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to make it uh, in basketball, that's for sure. But I'm interested in the Hall of Fame for basketball. I'm interested in Cooperstown for baseball. I think it'd be cool to see that someday. And, and uh, maybe even the Football Hall of Fame. Those things interest me. But I don't care to be in them. I don't care to be in the National Basketball Hall of Fame or any of the other ones. I would love to be in the Hall of Faith. I think that'd be an interesting, I think that'd be something that would please the Lord, because without faith it is impossible to please Him. And Enoch is mentioned in the Hall of Faith. I want you to look here that uh, there, are, there are many interesting entries here of you know, Moses and, and Rahab and Sarah, all these different people. But, but the, the one that we're looking at is this Bible character, Enoch, which only has really a couple verses in Genesis, a couple verses here in Hebrews, and then two verses in Jude that are even mentioning Enoch. Now, just to uh, unconfuse some of you that maybe have done some reading, there is out there called the Book of Enoch, which most scholars don't even believe that Enoch wrote, and it contains a bunch of fantastical stories of different things. But, uh, so don't get confused. That's not the same Enoch, and that is not part of our Bible, although some people claim it is. But we're looking at Enoch as a man of faith that the, the Bible says twice that he walked with God. And that's what we're looking at today. It says here in verse number 6 that Enoch was translated. Translated. That means he was transported right to heaven. It literally means to change sides. He went from being here to being there. God just took him. Just took his everything out, out of this earth, body and everything. In fact, it says there that he should not see death and was not found. In other words, hey, they looked for Enoch, but they couldn't find his body anywhere because God just took Enoch straight out of the earth, which leads some people to believe that he's one of the two prophets that come back in the book of Revelation. We don't know that to be true or not, but uh, it's a very interesting story. This is a unique story in the Bible, a unique story. But I want you to see here that God was pleased with Enoch. And I want to just give you a couple thoughts briefly tonight on, on what pleased God about Enoch. Some things I think if we dig in, I think there are some things we could see and, and maybe uh, make an educated guess about. But certainly there are some uh, uh, certain things in here that we see. But I want you to talk just very briefly about what, what pleased God about Enoch. Number one, I believe we could say his realness pleased God. His realness, please God. I'm talking about authenticity. I'm talking about genuineness. I'm talking about sincerity tonight. Sincerity. You know, sincerity is such an underrated quality. We don't talk about sincerity enough. We'll say things, you know, uh, like uh, uh, you can be sincere but be sincerely wrong. And that's true, but you can also have the right doctrine and not be sincere. There's a lot of people that come to church that are not genuine. I'm not necessarily talking about our church, but, but there are a lot of people that come to church that are not genuine. They're not real. They're putting on a front. They're, they're trying to pretend to be something that they are really not. Sometimes married couples come to church pretending to have a good marriage. I understand every marriage, we go through ups and downs. Of course, I get that. Sometimes we pretend to be hard workers at our jobs. Uh, sometimes we, we at times... 
put on the mask of trying to be something else and not really being genuine. But I, I, think, I think, Enoch, you don't walk with God for 365 years without having some sincerity, without having some realness. I went to, uh, probably many of you have been to places like that. I've been to other countries. I think it was when we went to Mexico uh, on a cruise, and we went to Rosarito or something, and, and uh, we got off, and, and it was there. And they had, on the street that we were on, we had some delicious carne asada tacos. I mean, just wonderful stuff. But you wouldn't believe this. They had genuine, real, authentic coach purses for $10 unbelievable deals i mean it's like what you know how'd they get that there we got to partake in that not that i need a coach purse but uh you know just the, well maybe it's not as sincere or as as authentic as you think it's like going to new york city and the guys like want to buy a watch you know or something and it's rolex but it's spelled with a g or something you know a golex or uh, that's not i don't think that's yeah it's real it's true i don't think it's quite authentic I don't think it's very, uh, you know, genuine. But that's what we're looking at tonight. Here's my question. Who was forcing Enoch to walk with God? Nobody was. In fact, this was not something that Enoch would have heard preaching on at church. We, we talk about walking with God all the time. We talk about just about every week something along the lines of read your Bible and pray. I, you, you hear that very frequently at church because it's absolutely necessary for us as Christians. But it's not like Enoch had that. It's not like Enoch was, you know, going to, the, do the, to church like we go to church and having, having his copy of the New Testament. He didn't have all that. So what I'm saying is he was doing something here that no one was forcing him to do, that no one else was, uh, there was no example of anybody that was doing this. Enoch lived before Noah. So he was doing something because he wanted to. He was doing something because it was real to him. In Genesis chapter 4, uh, the chapter before the, we were, the one we were in, in verse 26 it says, And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. There be, then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. But Enoch took it to a new level. See, Enoch, behind his walk, there was a will. There was a desire. There was a realness. And I think to myself, look, if I'm going to please God, I'm not going to fake out God. I'm not going to pretend to be walking with God and not be walking with God. I'm not going to pretend to be a good Christian and not be a good Christian and fool God. You can't do that. And I see that I, I believe there was a realness. There was a sincerity. There, it was a desire to be with God. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes I, I walk with God out of duty and not out of delight. Have you ever been there? Sometimes you walk with God and it's not something that you're delighting to do. You're not delighting yourself in the Lord. You wake up and sometimes it feels like a duty to walk with God. Sometimes you wake up and you feel like, ah, I got to get in the Bible because I know I'm supposed to be in the Bible. All right, I got to pray so because I know I'm supposed to pray. And then it can get more dangerous when it's like, hey, I'm going to read my Bible and pray because I want to be able to say that I did. And all of that is not the correct motivation. All of that is not the right reason to be walking with God. Now, hey, I'm all for, you know, trying to make it every day and build that routine and build that habit, but God wants more than your time. He wants your heart. And there is, God wants a realness from each and every one of us. God wants us to want to be with him. That's what we all want, right? When we're hanging out with people, we want them to want to be around us. And I believe that's what God wants. Enoch walked with God. 
You know, we sing the hymn, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. He tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. Man, I love that so much. Hebrews eleven six told us, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. But it says at the end of that verse that God is a rewarder, listen to this, a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You got to want it. Now, I believe if you're here tonight and maybe you're in, that, you're in that place of life where you're like, hey, coming to church is more of a duty than a delight. And we all get there at times. And maybe reading your Bible has become more of a duty than a delight. And maybe prayer has become more of a duty than a delight. I would just say, why don't you come tonight, bow and knee at an altar, pray where you're at, and say, God, help me to want to. God, restore unto me the desire that I should have. Whatever's crowding it out, God, I want it back. Because I want that authenticity. I want that realness. I see his realness. I see, secondly, his reputation. His reputation. Look what it says in verse number five. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. But before his translation, he had this testimony. He had this testimony that he pleased God. What's a testimony? It means to be a witness. It means to be well reported of. In other words, people could attest to the fact that Enoch pleased God. People were witnesses of the fact that Enoch walked with God. People could tell about Enoch that there was something different. They, they were witnesses. They could testify. He had the reputation. He had the testimony that he pleased God. I think about in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. In other words, people looked at them and could tell something. When Moses came down from the mount after spending time with God and his face was shiny, people could tell something about him. There was something different. My father-in-law tells a story that he was uh, going out soul winning one time and, and uh, he was just going down the street whistling and, uh, you know, smiling and whistling and going and knocking on doors and inviting people to church. And he got to a certain house and he knocked on the door and uh, this lady opened up and she said, you know what, I, I just have been watching you walk down our entire street and I could not wait for you to get here so I could ask you, what are you so happy about? And he led her to Christ, got saved, just because of a testimony, just because people were looking at him. Have you ever been accused of being too happy? Have you ever been accused of smiling too much or being too spiritual? There was a man named John Hyde. He was a missionary to India. His, his name, he was known as, because uh, he was a great missionary, he was partially deaf, and, and uh, just, he, he made a, a great impact upon many people for hundreds of years now. He was known not as John Hyde. He was known as Praying John Hyde. When people talked about him, they'd call him Praying John Hyde. I mean, like, it, like I wonder, like, what would, would my name be if people were to attach an adjective or something onto my name? All right, would it be praying Josh Johnson? Would it be serving your name? Would it be, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, a Bible reader? You know, whatever, I'm trying to look around. Who can I pick on tonight? 
We call somebody's name. Janine Jackson. Uh, you know, who would it be? What would your, uh, would, or it would be annoying so-and-so? Like, what would, what would that be for you and me? He was known as praying John Hyde by people that didn't even go to church. I think about the man John Knox. John Knox, 400 years ago or so, he was the man that prayed over and over. He was known for his prayer, give me Scotland or I die. Not, not as in like I want to own it, but I want to reach them with the gospel. I, give me Scotland or I die. Now what's amazing about that, during the 16th century Scottish Reformation, uh, John Knox's ministry of preaching and prayer was so well known. Listen to this. His ministry of preaching and prayer was so well known that the Roman Catholic Mary, Queen of Scots, is reputed to have said about him, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. There have been movies made about Mary, Queen of Scots. And she said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. Because she was Roman Catholic and there were different beliefs there. What a reputation. What a reputation. His faith was evident. Is our faith evident to others? Man, what's our testimony like? When we get outside these walls, if people were to attach adjectives to your name, what would they describe it as? Angry? Bad attitude? Uh, you, you know, or would it be prayer? Would it be, uh, you know, the goody two-shoes? Hey, that's not a bad one. Well, what's our reputation? I see here that I believe Enoch was a man of realness. There was sincerity. I believe that pleases God. I see here a man of reputation. It says he had a testimony that people knew that he pleased God. But lastly, I think something that pleases God with Enoch's life is his regularity. His regularity. I mean, 365 years of life on earth. And he's walking with God. Enoch walked with God. 300 years. Unbelievable. He died at 365 years of age. <laughs> a man of consistency. I think we ought to walk with God 365 days per year. Can imagine 365 years. We eat food every day. We eat food every day. The Bible is our spiritual food. We drink every day. The Bible is our nourishment. We shower every day, hopefully. The Bible cleanses us. Why are we not in the Bible? The Bible and prayer should be part of our daily routine. It should be number one on the list. There's a man in my, or the church I grew up in, his name was Ed Rowland. Ed Rowland was our usher. I don't remember. We had to have had other ushers. But I only remember Ed Rowland because Ed Rowland was always in the same spot. Now, when I was a teenager, Ed Rowland was old. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there, not, not old, but I'm, I'm aging. So this is 20, 23, 24 years ago. Ed was old back then. And I remember, though, every single service. I don't think he took vacation. I, I don't know. He was just always, always at the back door. Every time I walked in, you got a bulletin from Ed Rowland. I, I mean, no matter what was going on, special services, Ed was at the, and he was not, he, he was not uh, uh, loud, gregarious, he was, he was nothing. He was quiet. I mean, I don't even know if I remember how his voice sounds. He was always just real quiet. And he would just shake hands with people. Ed died about five years ago. And I remember, I mean, just the, the man was, and I was just, I was like, man, this guy's so faithful. I remember I went back to, uh, we went back to Illinois last year or so, and uh, maybe it was this year, and I walked in, and there is Ed Rowland. I was like, I, I was honestly shocked a little bit. He said, well, Pastor, you just said he died five years ago. That's what I thought. I thought Ed was dead. 
Now, you say, well, what happened there? I will tell you what happened. It's because the time before I came, I, I, when I came to church, Ed was battling some illness, and he wasn't in a spot. And so I just naturally assumed that Ed Rowland was dead because he was always there, and when I went, he wasn't there. So I thought, man, it's so sad that Ed died. Probably should have asked somebody. You know, I'm glad I didn't get up and preach and be like, you know who I miss around here is Ed Rowland. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm glad. But think about that for a second. When you miss your post and someone assumes that you must have died, there's been some consistency. There's been some regularity. I think every one of us this year, we should strive for a consistent walk with God. We should strive for consistent control of that anger. We should strive for consistency in our giving. We should strive for consistency in our treatment and kindness to others. We should strive for consistency in our attendance to Sunday school and our attendance to the morning service and evening service and Wednesday night service. Consistency in our witness. Consistent. Just be regular. Just be consistent. I see here a man that I believe his realness and sincerity was something that pleased God. His reputation was something that was pleasing to God. His regularity, his consistency was pleasing to God. God does special things for those who have a special relationship with him. And God did a special thing for Enoch. He just took him. Just took him straight to heaven like no one else ever has. I wonder today, how's our relationship with the Lord? Are we going to be able to say that we are pleasing God with our sincerity? We're not trying to fake God out. We're not trying to fake others. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be sincere. I'm going to strive to have the reputation of praying. Strive to have the reputation of being known as somebody who is all in this thing. And that's something you have to build. I get that. But then also to say, hey, I'm going to be regular, I'm going to be constant, I'm going to be consistent, I'm going to be trustworthy, I'm going to be faithful. And so I want to just leave that message with you tonight as we get started this new year. How did Enoch please God? I think these are some ways. How can you please God? I think we can look at the same ways.